why on earth would you ever use the low sodium version of the soy sauce? You're reaching oh. for the Chinese restaurant equivalent of the salt shaker. Right. Yes. And ranch. That's absolutely right. <laughs> no, just like ketchup is red sugar. <laughs> soy sauce is black salt. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I have to check the expiration date on my red sugar. <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Burger, episode 242. It's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy on loathed Skype. <laughs> Loathed? Loathed. Loathed. Skype. Skype the loathed. A guy who is loathing Skype currently and always. A guy who never stops loathing Skype. <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> and let's talk to him. In the year of our Lord, 1506, we set sail from the cold bay of Cork. Welcome back, Jim. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Loathing Channel. <laughs> uh, if you were a uh, a uh, independent newspaper in Atlanta, you would be called Creative Loathing. <laughs> I, that's actually Creative I, Loathing. loathing. Yes. <laughs> I, I still, I, I may have to pick up an, an episode, an issue. It's not an episode. It's I an believe... Issue. It would be it would be correct to say that that is Atlanta's version of the Shepherd Express. Yes, is that the uh, one I'm thinking of? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Andocon 2018 Kickstarter funded with stretch goal. Ooh, heavy metal Thunder Mouse funded with one stretch goal, almost to the second one. Maybe Derek will say that's close enough. We're waiting for news. So hooray! Nerdburger Industries. Nerdburger Industries has helped. Uh, Two of our friends to uh, create a thing that they love. And by helped, we mean didn't hinder. (laughs) (laughs) And attempted to not hinder too much. And sent a little money toward and blah, blah, blah. That's true. Yeah. Um, And I was so so happy that both of those hit my credit card on the last day of my statement. (laughs) Like, oh, almost, almost. Now I got to pay a month sooner. (laughs) <laughs> next time guys started on the third yes all, all kickstarter <laughs> ended on the third all not kickstarter the creators make sure to check with mike and about his budget and monetary scheduling um i had hope there it said still pending yeah. like when i went to bed and i was like "Ooh, no that go- it goes through <laughs> no, immediately yeah, i know it, go- it goes through on the day that it's it's supposed to um and i am on contract Yay! I put my signature on a piece of paper. I am now the, beholding to write right, rock and roll sock hop mouse. mouse. Yep. Hey Jim, how's it going? It's good. Happy Guy Fox Day. What? <laughs> Guy Fox. Oh, Fox. I'm like, who's Guy Fox? Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael From... J's brother. It's uh, not as well known. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You should mention that because it's also a red letter date in the history of science. The day we're uh, recording, okay. November fifth. Okay. Yes. We all got up on time today. Yes. That is, we or or <laughs> Jim didn't call in, or and Craig didn't show up an hour early. That's true. Oh yes. Yes. Today is Sunday, November fifth. Last night we all. Last got night a, we. Well, this morning at two two a.m. and zero seconds. Got a, an extra hour of sleep. We fell back. Somebody. Oh, this is 
somehow you, you might say, we went back in time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> On November 5th. <laughs> just don't let it go, do you? Nope. Oh, Sorry, he's... Jim. I mean, you just you keep coming here on <laughs> days that are Back to the Future appropriate. I understand. <laughs> buy, buy, the, buy the ticket, take the ride. I get it. <laughs> but the universe wants you to like that movie. Yeah. No, no, no. This is a national holiday in my house due to my wife, my beloved wife. She's she's all about sleep. She she is a sleep <laughs> champion. And and you you know the the daylight savings time when it switches in is a day of national mourning. To, yeah, and to be spring. worked along with Pearl Harbor Day, but the return to standard time <laughs> is is a national holiday of the first order. That was a hyperbole for humor's sake. I hope so. He does not mean that. <laughs> Pearl Harbor Day. Please. Jeez. Did, did, oh, see, now you're going to do it. Are you guys familiar with Poe's Law? Have you seen this? I've seen what? what law? I, know, I know a lot of laws. Poe's Law. P-O-E, just like Edgar Allan, oh, but not. Okay. This is a this is a thing. It's on Wikipedia. I, I saw a reference to it and I said, "What the what the devil is Edgar Allan making laws about other than being immured for the sake of a bottle of wine?" But it's apparently a law that says because of the way the internet functions and because of the way you can't see the facial expressions and context that unless you are crystal clear this is satire, right. it's impossible to do satire on the internet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 no. Because essentially it says you need to use emoticons every time you type. And I thought, no, we are the culture that produced Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. He did not need a smiley kitty winky face with A Modest Proposal. <laughs> I refuse, did not. I refuse to return entirely to hieroglyphics. Right. We, we, we said right. goodbye to that 4,000 years ago. <laughs> The dude suggested the eating of Irish children. Everybody knew he was flipping kidding. Well, uh, in that era of, you know, <laughs> the opinion of the Irish was... Yeah, yeah. he got an English guy. <laughs> well, uh, it's a good idea. Some of them still got a little fat on them. <laughs> but no, and it's the same thing. You know, we, we all knew dumb people didn't, which is sort of the point, but dumb, you know, smart people, anybody with a brain knew Carol O'Connor was kidding. I mean, for God's sake, that he did. You know, I've, I've. Have you guys gone back and rewatched Archie Bunker? I've I've seen episodes here and there throughout my life. Yeah, I've I I actually sat down a couple months ago and just kind of chain watched on YouTube a bunch of episodes of of All in the Family. Holy cow! That, that, <laughs> I was like, whoa, yeah, and it's great. You have to watch it, but it just realized just what a bubble we want to live in today, because nobody, 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 no one that I know doesn't get what they're trying to do there. And yet if you put that out today, all oh, the Twitter would explode. Yeah. Yeah. So so okay. happy that uh who was who's the, the I'm blanking on the name of the creator of All in the Family and all those shows. Norman, Norman Lear. Lear. Thank you. Yes. So happy that Norman Lear blazed all those trails back in the 70s so that we could revert to the way we were before. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it is remarkable. He went out he later. went in we, we, we were so sharply critical of our we're living in a bubble of our own complacency and racism and sexism and whatever. And he broke through that bubble so that we could confront our problems with laughter and realize, OK, racism is pretty stupid, not to mention wicked. Sexism is stupid. And we could start having this conversation. And instead, we said, oh, don't talk about it. Yeah. 
at you. Yeah, you can't. Uh, it's so sad. It's so sad and weird. You, you, you can't swing a, a satirical dead cat and not offend somebody. Kitty winky face. Everything I say for the rest of this show should be thought to be accompanied by a kitty winky face. But but what if my kitty winky face is satirical in and of itself <laughs> and sarcastic and I don't really mean it? The then, satirical then I, kitty winky face. Then I need a new kitty winky face. That's my new emo group. To indicate that it's meta satire? Is that where you're going with that? Or I'm just, I'm going to throw my hateful comment out there. Or people will interpret it as, you know, me throwing a hateful comment when I'm just being satirical. I'll throw my hateful comment out there and I'll, I'll kitty winky face it to make it look like I'm just kidding when I'm not. And oh, yeah. No. Like, and, and that's the... everybody thinks they know how everybody else thinks. Yes. Or at the very least, everybody assumes the worst. That's the thing that really kills me. Is that you know some people who are complaining about stuff that's satire, it's it's not because they don't get satire. It's because the the first filter in their head is people are crap, and I'm going to assume the worst about this person. I'm going to look for the flaw. I'm not going to you know have any sort of hope <laughs> in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to believe that this might have been a charitable remark. Nope, got to think the worst. That's awesome. No, that's that's now, that's it's, right. And it's fair to think that about me because I do believe people are the worst. I've said it many times on this program. Well, I do too. I mean, ninety five percent of everything is crap, but that's a different point. <laughs> I mean, ninety five. Yeah, but it's no. But, but you're right, Craig. I mean, a lot of the, he hasn't conducted a study to back that up. He's just throwing numbers around. <laughs> no, I'm keeping records. <laughs> He's got a check, have, got a checklist. I've got I've. Are you kidding? I've got a dashboarding program. I could set this up in Tableau and mail it to your iPad. (laughs) I've got a back end like you can't believe. Um, But it's, to me, it, it, the thing that really bought, and you're right though, Craig, because there are many of these groups that have bubbled up from the, the substrata of humanity, that deep oil drip pan that we thought they would stay and have said, oh, dude, I, I know I put up this horrible racist thing, but I was totally just kidding. It's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. We used to be able to, we used to trust ourselves to discern such things. You know, we used to trust ourselves to be able to judge and to have a critical conversation. But that's not what, well, you know, it's, it's like, well, no, and I'll take. That's the problem. Nobody's the allowed to judge anybody anymore. And so the, the instant judgment has to be the safest one, right? Right. Well, well, right. Because otherwise we will offend. But I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I'm, I'm of an age now. I've got, I've got fewer years ahead of me than I do behind me. So I'm at liberty to say, you put Pepe the Frog in your feed. You're a racist idiot. Stop it. <laughs> I won't stop. I won't stop talking to you. That's not the point. Because I believe in conversation and I do. I abhor censorship in every form. But don't expect me not to notice you did that thing. <laughs> whatever that racist thing is i know your feeds i know your tropes none of them are really that clever i mean again we come from the tradition of jonathan swift we come from the tradition of hogarth we come from the tradition of jeffrey chaucer for god's sake jeff joff <laughs> joffrey chaucer we, you know, we come from the tradition of chaucer for god's sake and so we see what you're doing we know what you're doing we're going to continue the conversation but i just it's a weird spot it's a weird spot to be alive 
and to uh, have to be so very circumspect, which is probably why a lot of people love to hang out in nerd culture, where hopefully we can usually talk about things without screaming at each other. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> what? Oh, are you talking? Are you done talking about people and their racist friends, Jim? Oh, I love this. <laughs> I would like to point out. <laughs> I love this song. It's a great song. Jeez, when did they might be giants get so political? <laughs> yeah, read that on the internet once. <laughs> um, and I would like to point out too, Jim, you just coined my new. I mean, I I, I kind of built it out for you here, but you've coined my new uh, my new. Uh, judgment of people on the internet <laughs> people on the internet not that clever <laughs> so i'll just i'll just run with that and just just for the record that great song 1990 yep so so we've been at this for a while i guess all right are we ready to roll on to this for a while what's this great what if I told you? No. Do you recognize that line? <laughs> um, Twilight Zone? What if I told you? What if I told you? I guess not. Neo, what if I told you? Oh, okay. Morpheus. Okay. Well, first of all, that line was never spoken by me. Oh, is this another one movie. of the... Is this, <laughs> are, we, are we doing the rest of those now? No, 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 no. Because uh, yeah. you skipped some good ones. <laughs> Um, but that's that's a meme right now, right? What if I told you blah de blah blah is? with okay. Yeah, it's Morpheus staring at you getting ready to tell you. He doesn't ever he never actually says those words. I just wanted to point that out because the article here is what if I told you the Matrix code is Did you hear about this? It's been twenty years since the Matrix. Um the best Wachowski's movie, not called Speed Racer, this per- person of mine thinks, I guess. Um, anyway, when it blew all of our minds with its original electrifying cyberpunk sci-fi world, heavy, uh, heady, liberating ex- existential philosophy and killer live action anime, um, martial arts action scenes. It's a Is movie. this satire? Get, just hold on. No, 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 no. He's talking about The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, his writing style. The, Is that satire? It's just, it's wordy. It's just the internet. I'll just say the it's internet. wordy. Yeah. Um, but we all know from the Matrix, uh, the the Matrix code. Like when the people that, in the real world yeah. are looking at the screen and they're looking at the Matrix, mm-hmm, what yeah. do they see? It's a bunch of cascading, green, cascading green hieroglyphic looking character things. Right. Do you know what those are? No. The person who created that graphic has finally revealed what they what are. What they are. Yes. Okay. What are they? They are Japanese characters pulled from sushi recipes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> What if I what if I told you the Matrix code is just sushi recipes? Whoa. California roll. No wonder I always get really hungry whenever I watch that movie. Now I know it's subliminal. Volcano roll. <laughs> Spider roll. Dragon roll. Fatty tuna. Bagel roll. <laughs> that is, and that is why dude betrays he wanted a freaking steak and the matrix was nothing but freaking sushi get it <laughs> well they were stuck with tasty wheat in, in the real world <laughs> so no, i just he, i he found that all, interesting all yeah that you know people come up with you, know, they, you thought like hey those i like i like these sushi recipes and i think there's a lot of cool characters in there and i'll just put them up on the screen and i'll mix them all up and 
cascade them down and I won't tell anybody. It'll just be my own little in joke yes. with me and my wife and, you know, some friends and maybe a person in the production office. But, you know, 20 years later, he's like, oh, no, that's just sushi. He waited 20 years to reveal <laughs> yeah. the secret. He didn't. I don't I, think, I, I don't think he did it Andy Kaufman style. <laughs> it wasn't planning for the big Whoa. joke. Who <laughs> was still alive, by the way. Yes, he's he's Bob Zamuda. Bob Zamuda is actually dead. Andy Kaufman is uh, masquerading <laughs> as him. Has been for 30 years. Is this an official Nerdburger theory? Yes, this yes. Is, well, a Craig theory anyway. Okay, got it. <laughs> I think that I've I signed think, on to. I think Andy Kaufman is having the joke of a lifetime, just him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well, I I never thought that Andy Kaufman's jokes were for anyone else other than himself. So I, I guess. <laughs> oh, so there you go, sushi code. I uh, well look as I think you guys know, Michelle, my wife, she uh, is a video person, and she'll be the first one to tell you that there come times in the production process where folks are well, yeah, put something up there that looks like X. Right. And she's like, well, what do you want me to put up there? I don't know. Just so long as it looks like X. And and as a consequence, heaven knows what they're going to get. For for example, she was, uh, I think you might have heard that the Milwaukee Bucks did a sort of a retro thing last week. She works at the arena here in Milwaukee. She's responsible for the big scoreboard. Ooh. The really super big one there, the Jumbotron thing. That's what she does. That's her job. And uh, so she has the world's big, biggest video game screen. And... Uh, <laughs> And so she was preparing for this Bucks thing, and so she did all their graphics. You know, they're, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, his picture and all that stuff. She does that. And cool. she had put that up there. And not too long thereafter, while she was getting all this done, and it's a lot of work, her main boss, the Milwaukee Admirals, who also skate there, our local minor league hockey team, minor league team for the National Predators, they came in and they wanted to do a, uh, what do you call it, a time lapse of the ice being built in that rink to show how it's done. Oh, cool. The, the only problem was when she rendered the video and set it all up and showed it to him, I'm going, why are there Bucks graphics over the rink? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's often enough right there in the background because you just told me to do it. You just told me <laughs> to do it. Hey, the best of them, even the, you know, the top end, you know, super computer graphic engineers do something wrong with the, uh... With something have you seen if you've ever gotten any pixar movie and watched like the uh the blooper reel because they have these things you know render these incredibly complex scenes like over the course of days and weeks and yes. and that's why those movies take five years to make yep and they i remember still seeing one i want to say it was from monsters inc it was from something where somebody had a lot of hair and they had somehow goofed the code part of the code that told you how the hair moves when the character moves, because okay. there's, there's a separate physics engine that tells you like how the hair is going to sway and flow and bubble. And it was <laughs> like Sully or whoever, whatever character it was, was just like one big ball of spikes. Because all, <laughs> all, all the hair just went straight out. And it's him. Like it was, and like it was static electricity. Yeah. And, and the scene's going on and it's right out of the movie. It's like everything else is perfect, ex- but the hair's yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> And that was something they discovered after they had let, let, let that scene render like for three days Oops. while they were working on something else. They came back to it and said, well, well we're going to have to re-render that one. <laughs> save, it, save it for disc B. <laughs> Give everybody a big <laughs> chuckle. We'll clean that up in post. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, technically, I guess, yeah, because you're in post, you know, with animation, you're kind of in post all the time. Right. Anywho, what else, Mike? Well, since since we <clears throat> mentioned the day we're recording last night, Saturday, November fourth, first full moon of November, 
Care to guess what that's called? Uh, Moonvember. <laughs> oh, it's the something moon. I don't know. You know, they give them names like that. That's the farmer's almanac. Is that the harvest sure. moon? No. The nerd moon. That would be is cool. That the bl- is that the blood moon? The M-O-O-N spells moon moon. <laughs> That's a Stephen King reference. Is it the good night moon? I don't know. We're, we could just keep saying words, Mike. It's the beaver moon. Oh, good lord. What? No, that's made up. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> well, it's it's the it's the beaver moon or the hunter's moon because the it's the time of year when hunters set beaver traps before the water freezes and the beavers hang out in their dens all season, according to NASA. <laughs> so this is this is a small part of Canada to which this applies. No, the no farmer's else. almanac from 1930s describes the full moon of November uh well, I guess it's the first full moon of November, being called the Beaver Moon by Algonquin tribes in the northern United States. <laughs> the Hunter's Moon name is even older. That goes back to an Oxford dictionary from 1710. Algonquins. Like you Our have in Wisconsin. Called it they, had, they had their moons. They knew their moons. Are, well, are, Wait, right. are there Algonquins in Wisconsin? Ooh, yes. I'm not stepping yes. in that corner. I don't know. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Unless yes. I know Jim, for Jim, sure. Jim confirms yes. <laughs> North and West. There you North go. and West. Menominee, Ojibwa, Algonquin, and of course, Potawatomi, which actually have the smallest presence. They're typically out in Connecticut, but they own our <laughs> casino. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most fun to say. Potawatomi. <laughs> yeah, except when you work in the government and every now and then have to do an agreement with them and have to remember how to spell it. And so you come up with Potawatomi. Potawatomi. Winnebago is good too. People just think that's a that's a recreational vehicle, but no, yes. it's not. Then it's Indians or Native Americans or whatever they call themselves yes. Indians. They like no, no. And Indians. actually, I have this from the one they of the tribal like one of the I believe it's the Menominee who tells me that uh, they're comp- they they call one another Indians. So the Menominee, cool. yes, they're the ones that named Milwaukee. Uh, no, no, it's all, it's actually, uh, it's, well, there's a, if you go and you debate this, <laughs> there's a lot of different theories about this. Obviously, Alice Cooper told us it was the Algonquin term. Oh, that is Algonquin. That's what I thought. That's what he says. It's the Algonquin term. You said but he West. says it means good land. And I had never heard that. Hmm. I had heard as probably you're suggesting that it was Menominee for the place where three rivers meet. Mm hmm. Which makes a lot of sense, given as that is what happens at my city. Do they do they do their names correctly? <laughs> Where the rivers meet. <laughs> my my right. Go back to that episode, everybody. My brother Kurt believes that he, he his comment to me once, multiple times actually, was that somewhere he read that it it means three stinky rivers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, they were they were actually quite fresh until the white man got there. Let's be crystal clear. They, uh, Not they, actually har- clear. they they actually harvested rice all through that area. It's very yeah, we, we and, our city is built in the stupid place because it's built on a swamp, borrowing from Monty Python. And <laughs> it was actually a rice paddy. They they harvested rice all the way up the Milwaukee River for many, many years, even after the white man came. And it was only when we built the Jones Island sewage treatment plant that we got that delightful odor coming up from uh, coming up from the lake. The uh, Milwaukee rice. <laughs> yeah, we're not, not. Yeah, we're known for that now. And that is why Wisconsin is the largest producer of soy sauce in the country. Kiko Man. 
Yep. yep. <laughs> Walworth. I, those, those don't. Those two things don't have anything to do with each other. It's just that's right. Is that still made in Walworth? Sounds right. Craig's lie list. The uh, <laughs> no, that's true. Because I just threw out a, yeah, a bottle Kiko, of expired Kiko Mint Kiko sauce, 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 and I swear Wisconsin. to God, it said Walworth, Wisconsin on it. No, no, no. The fact that the fact under two thousand eleven, the fact that Kiko Man is what it is because the Menominee harvested rice on the river. Yeah, that sounds like a lie. That sounds like a lie. I'd tell. <laughs> I hate I hate to throw things away even when they're expired, but this was the low sodium one with okay. the, with the green no, no, cap. No, no, so no, I okay. I took great oh. pleasure in tossing that one. Oh, did you just hit the button? Okay, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. There's the, my China, dep- okay. Go ahead. <laughs> my I, dep- I have a rant too, but you go first. <laughs> a, gr- a great yeah. I, I started ranting first. <laughs> my deputy worked before. Before he became my deputy, was a manager at a retail grocery outlet up north, not too far from where Craig grew up. And I asked him one time because my wife and I were going around and around about the expiration date on the stuff in our fridge. And look, nothing was months and months. It was weeks or days. And he looked at me. And if you knew Richard, you'd, you'd get this face completely. He's he's a very brusque guy, a very stern guy in his own way and he just looked at me and went i throw it away on the expiration date just so i don't forget not one day later <laughs> does he have a spreadsheet printed uh, out you, and taped to if, the refrigerator <laughs> he he is he is chief petty officer PAF of the u.s navy prior oh, to a okay. number of other lives all right and yeah, so he's, he's a stowed away fella and and he just looked at me and he went, I don't even let it go that one day. I throw it away on noon of the expiration date if I catch it because it ain't going one day longer. Clear it out, folks. Clear it out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a series of alerts that come up on his phone now. <laughs> They're all, it's, he programs it into the calendar. The, the, the date. Every time he, <laughs> every every time time he buys goes, something. Every time he goes grocery shopping. That's actually not a bad idea. He spends a half, <laughs> spends a half an hour after he unpacks his groceries. Ooh, the soy sauce is one day. Er, er, er. Yeah, I cleared out fifty percent of the space on the on the the racks on the door of the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, it was like go. every other bottle I grabbed. Oops, there's another one. God, how... yep. I don't even remember us buying this or ever using it. But um, no, my rant is completely different. It, it has to do with the fact that in if you go to a Chinese restaurant and actually eat there, there's no salt shaker on the table. The salt is the soy sauce. Yes. Why on earth would you ever use the low sodium version of the soy sauce? You're reaching oh. for the Chinese restaurant equivalent of the salt shaker. Right. Yes. And rant. That's absolutely right. <laughs> no, just like ketchup is red sugar. <laughs> soy sauce is black salt. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I, bet I have to check the expiration date on my red sugar. <laughs> also, you don't have to keep red sugar in the refrigerator. You sure don't. Really? Yeah, anything sure that's vinegar based will stay just fine outside of in, in, in normal temperatures. It tastes better if it's cold though on your hot French fries. Mm-hmm. Yep, hot and cold, sweet and sour. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Salt agree. and pepper. I don't agree with you, but uh, let's roll on. All right, Craig will f- formulate his rant on why. All right, cold um, ketchup is bad, and be- get back with you next. Let's week. talk about branding. Branding, branding, not branding cattle. Branding, as in like associating a thing, a product, a place, a person, a whatever, 
with uh, positive imagery with, oh, with okay. to make you feel good to make you like the thing to make you remember it you know branding like, like red sugar establishing a band like yes like Heinz's mm. like Heinz's who does want red sugar <laughs> I love sugar red squirty sugar um, okay well now you're making it Columbus gross. Georgia right down here mm-hmm. yep. recent, recently sure um, down eighty five yeah on the way to the Alabama <laughs> right recently got themselves uh, rebranded they did a what a whole thing. It's not um, called Columbus anymore? There's a project. No, it's... it's is that because of the, the guy? Can I talk? <laughs> what guy? You know, the guy that made it not Columbus anymore. No, they went through... This is something that happens. It's like it comes out... It happens with websites and like when you hit a centennial or if it's been 20 years. Like a, a new town slogan or All something. that kind of stuff, yeah, right. Kind of. He said that it's part of what they what is called Columbus 2025, a Greater Columbus Chamber of Commerce initiative that aims to increase prosperity, reduce poverty, and improve the quality of life for every citizen. It's it's a big you-rah-rah. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. this is a great city. Great hey, look, we're doing something with our salaries. So they hired um, a company called Chandler Thinks. A Tennessee-based firm, um, which uh, this fellow here Founded describes by somebody as, who is a fan of Friends. No, Chandler's or candle making. Um, if you want to play the word game, uh, which he described as a company with a national reputation for place branding. So they created a. Uh, they spent uh, ninety-seven thousand dollars for the research, brand development, and delivery of. Um, this whole branding thing. And I would like you to take a look at the emails I sent you. Well, listeners, oh, okay. you can go to the website right now and look at the images, the new um, graphic for Columbus, Georgia. Let's take a look at, uh, open up the one that says Columbus. Well, you can see both now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. See here, I could do this. Oh my God. How, how great is that? Mike, what does it say? <laughs> well, it says Columbus in a mixture of capital and lowercase letters, Georgia, all caps, and then there's some colored squares and rectangles, and then it says, we do amazing, period. We do amazing what? We what? do amazing. What? What's amazing? I don't my, know. My it's hatred of this is so great. It's, so, it's, something, I, they, it's they, something they do. They took a this. verb and, and made a noun out of it. It's, they think it's they have lots of amazing. You think, they're so, you, think they're, you think they're so stupid they don't realize that that isn't a gerund? I think they're so stupid that they don't know what a gerund is. Okay. <laughs> um, also, going beyond the uh, upper and lowercase, Mike, I'd like you to look closely at the letters. Every single letter is a different font. Yeah, yes. that too. And it's also a combination of serif and sans serif. It Correct. is, it is it. everything that is wrong. They may as well have, have used uh, uh, Comic Sans or Webdings. Hold on. <laughs> now, I, I was inspired, so I decided to make new branding for Nerdburger. Oh, Burger. is that what you used? <laughs> so I made a, so I, I made a multicolored block burger so that my multicolored uh-huh, blocks yep. actually look like something. Uh-huh, yeah. See there, you can see the. Oh, is that the two buns. pieces of lettuce or are those pickles? Those are p- two pickles. You can okay. see the buns on top and bottom. The burger. I, I, there's a I slice. Read of, as, I read them as pickles. There's a slice of cheese, and then right there is your red sugar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought that was a tomato. That can be that too. Whatever you want it to be. Okay. The red, the red sugar is on top where the um where, where the pickles are, where the warm things go. So yeah, you got that consistent. But you put the pickles on top. Pickles should be on the bottom. Cheese should be on the top. Stuff you want to get this warm goes on the top. This is not Stuff you what we are discussing. That is, how you, that is how you build a hamburger with food. 
Oh, but it is Craig, unfortunately. That, okay, uh, well then I will say this, Mike, because this logo style sucks ass. <laughs> my hamburger... The fact that it's incorrect, incorrect or mixed up is actually is, appropriate. Is appropriate. Okay. And then I wrote Nerd Burger in a... I will in, give you that. In a combination of <laughs> <laughs> different fonts, sans serif and serif fonts, upper cl- uppercase and lowercase. I never repeat... I never use the same font for a, for a letter, and I did use Comic Sans, and I did use Stylus. Oh. S- stylus <laughs> is that web the new webdings now just, just and the um and then there's a little thing of what we do we do talky <laughs> period i want that on our website okay now, we'll put that up there somewhere now here okay here i uh part of my job part part of my job yes. is is to uh just realizing what the blue part of their burger was because they actually used all the burger colors. Um, <laughs> but it's but, it's crystal meth. Oh, good. Well, it is Columbus, Georgia. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> meet me at the double wide, Cletus. We're going to go have a hoot nanny. Um, but no, we north of the border. We have an image here. We really do. We can see. We see you as reconstruction only went so far. Um, I, th- I think that that has more to do with its proximity to Alabama than the size of Fair the town enough. in Georgia. But anyway. Fair enough. But no, I, part of my job here is I do, we do a lot of uh, promotional stuff. We do a lot of community outreach. And I tell my graphic designers, and I shouldn't call them mine, the team I'm privileged <laughs> to work with. I mean that. Um, we've got about <laughs> f- five of them. And I tell them, I said, look, I, I have this brochure that I wrote that has won a bunch of awards and that's very cool. But the only reason it's won the, won the awards is because I went into Microsoft and I pulled up that template for the pamphlets and I typed in words that I needed to say because they were law words. And then I drew in with pencil and I still have it. I drew in with pencil. I'd like a picture to go here (laughs) or I'd like art to go here. And I gave it to an amazingly talented graphic designer, and she, in like a day, came back with this amazing thing. And I went, "I like that. Please, may I have that?" <laughs> I I don't I don't do graphic design. I don't have the aesthetic sense to do it. Um, no, you do graphic designing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craig. You have, and I, and I mean this sincerely as someone who has judged a fair amount of, and I've had to, I've I've been that guy if if I. I forget the name of the different companies that Darren had to go to and bewitched, but I'm the guy that he's presenting to. Okay. I'm the guy he's showing the ad campaign to and had to choose between them. As I look at these two, you, you did significantly better than the person that got paid $95,000. $97,000. I was just noticing that. And I don't know if this is just I mean, the yours way is that a lot better. It is better. And, um, and I'll tell you why. Here, where it's in the Nerd Burger, the uh, right where you get the what is that called? Stylus, the R. That's some weird that's, thing. That's a different font. That's not no, stylus. The first R. Okay. No, the second R. The second R. Oh, that's uh, Joker Man. Okay, so right there, it's it. You get the sense that it kind of starts to curve down, and mm-hmm. so rather than center the we do talky on the word, you centered it on the space. Between the N and the little tail on the G, which actually I think looks better than it would if you had centered it on the whole word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And that's and true. Ju- and just because of that, you did a better job than they did. <laughs> I used yeah, the okay. colored blocks better than they did. 
I just I and the fact that you made the is is it dark blue? Is it navy blue? It's a dark blue. It's just yeah, like you, what what I was yeah. able to pick quickly from a palette. I didn't go right. see because because yeah, color choice is better too. Yeah, they squeezed yeah. unnatural blue in there amongst their burger colors and then used black text, whereas you made the font dark blue, and so you you had a natural looking more natural looking burger. <laughs> I didn't put As anything Jim blue on the out. burger. Yeah. <laughs> Your pickles look really fresh too. Are those <laughs> are those artisanal, local, locally made and and uh, pickled? They're dill hamburger chips. They're just okay, out, they're out, out okay. of the big five gallon bucket. I'm calling out my wife on something who I love more than anything else on this planet. Okay, so I'm a guy that loves him some sweet and sour pickles. Not sweet and sour. Uh, 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 bread and butter pickles. Oh yeah, oh, mm-hmm. those are my jam. Mm-hmm. All right, my wife hates them. Really? So that's oh, yeah. that's hey. a great situation to be in because then yes. you get both kinds of pickles. They're all yours, exactly. Well, okay, you are <laughs> and right you always have both kinds of story. pickles. You yeah. are you are you are perfect on my story here. So I go in to the fridge late one night, and I might have had a cocktail, and <laughs> glasses off. You know, yeah, yeah. Just, thank you. Yes, the glasses are off. You are correct. <laughs> this is part of the narrative. <laughs> see where this is, and going. I see jar of little pickle <laughs> chips. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which reads automatically bread and butter pickles mm, for daddy. Those are the ones I like. <laughs> Yummy. Those, oh, she thought of me. That is so awesome. I'm going to be I like bad and eat snack. too many. I, I don't know about you folks, but I will happily eat those as a snack. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to um, sit there with the open jar and a fork and go to town. Uh, We've all done it. <laughs> I have fingers. I use your fingers like chopsticks. Reach in there. Um, <laughs> so, so go to town. You know, Maybe get yourself a half dozen, maybe eight of them. Just go nuts. Uh, hey, artisanal pitch pickle douchebags. <laughs> no one asked for sriracha pickles. That's right. You have pickles, and you have a jar of pickles, and you have a bottle of sriracha. If you want to make sriracha pickles, you can just squirt that on there. Freaking sriracha. Yep. I could have arranged that had I needed it. Mm-hmm. Didn't need you to mix them without notification. <laughs> Christ on a crutch. <laughs> That that was so nasty. I was like, God, shut up! Oh, shut up. Ruined your whole day, didn't it? Wow. Oh, evening. Evening. That was See, the evening. I, oh. See, I thought that was just going to be, oh, these are just regular dill pickle yeah. chips. But, but you, had no. an, you had a great twist, though. Nice, didn't yeah, see that coming. A spicy <laughs> twist. Artisanal pickles. I am Polish from this town. That's some sort of fancy frou-frou garbage that left 100 years ago. Get it out of here. <laughs> Anything else, or are we going to let Jim roll on stuff here? We are on a bit of a schedule today. Yes, let's let Jim roll. All right, Jim. Roll, Jim. Roll, Jim. Yeah. Roll. <laughs> yeah. What's Jim rolling on today? What, what was on our list again? Well, first of all, happy 500th to all our brothers and sisters of the Reformation. Oh, right. uh, October 31st, That's 95 right. Theses, nail and mail. We talked a lot about it, um, but it's still, it's pretty, you know, it's cool, folks. And I love history so much. You all know that. And I'm not, I was raised Protestant. I'm not anymore. So it's not, I'm Roman Catholic now, and this is not special pleading. A lot of my Roman Catholic brothers and sisters are all bent out of shape about the celebration. I'm like, just relax. Um, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a very, very important event in the history of literally the world. <laughs> not, I use literally in the literal sense. Um, there's no part of the world that was not touched by Martin Luther's actions in October in October of uh, 1517. And it's also one of those events that really does argue well for the great man theory of history. I understand 
economic substructures. I'm a bit of a Marxist historian, truthfully myself. But this is one of those cases where I don't know as it happens this way without Luther. Um, and cre- you know, he, he's a complex guy. He's not a perfect person. Nobody is. But um, what he brought at that time, 500 years ago, changed everything uh, for people in Western Europe, people in China, people in Japan, people certainly, God knows, in America. Uh, we're not the same country if he doesn't get that mad about the question of man's salvation. And particularly, may I offer as one of history's little footnotes, a man by the name of Johannes Tetzel. Johannes Tetzel is, I've pictured him a lot of different ways, but in my movie, he's played by Wallace Shawn. Inconceivable. Okay, that's what I thought that was. Yes, exactly. That's exactly who plays him in the movie. That's perfect. (laughs) And, and, And he comes rolling into town because the Pope, Leo X, uh, Europe's greatest flute player, among other things, sends him out to sell indulgences. And he's just a salesman. He, he's he got a pitch. He's got a band, literally, again, a band that comes with him and strikes up a tune. And he just goes out there and he's selling these indulgences. And he doesn't know that one of the great intellects that Europe would ever create is in town at the same time. And is going to light him on fire <laughs> for all time. I said, he's so mad. I don't know why. I'm doing a thing. And he's mad. And he posts it. And, and Tetzel is driven out of town. And it's it. So, so Tetzel and all this stuff. But Luther's incredible courage uh, and his is just that story. So happy 500. And it for those that take the time to study it, and I certainly spent more than a few years of my life. As I've said before, thank you, taxpayers, for funding me. But uh, but to, to go out there and this this big anniversary, big one. Yep. And that's part of what I did when I went to Germany. Have you guys been to Germany? Sadly, no. no. Craig? No. Craig's genes have been to Germany. My genes are from Germany. <laughs> that's what I said. Oh. They've been there. He has Deutsche genes. <clears throat> they are, um, Germany... Now, I've been a couple times, but this was the first time I really had a chance. Uh, When I went before, I was running travel, coordinating travel for other people. This is one of the first times I'd gone and really had a chance to soak in Germany. And I love that country. I love it. I love it. I love it. But in many ways, they are who we think they are. This reputation that the Germans have and the way that they are, I will give you a scant Three examples. <laughs> Example of the first. Right. I'm get, driving. Get on the, ready to bleep, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving on the autobahn. Okay, driving from Jena, Germany, where the battlefield. I was. I was doing battlefield visits. Okay, um, I would just like to point out for the record that this is this is our uh, second vacation in Germany autobahn story that we've had on the podcast in the last couple of months. I, I, this is, yes, I heard that episode. I heard that episode. Of all um, things for us to repeat. Yes. Yeah, right. It's not the one I would have guessed, but go ahead. So I'm cruising, I'm cruising from Jena and I'm going to Eisenach so I can visit the Wartburg where Martin Luther stays for a year while he translates the New Testament into German, which think about that just for a second, folks. He translates the New Testament from its original languages into German by himself. Yeah. 
I, I every time I think about that, I'm like, you do, what? Just just take a paragraph of the New Testament and think about what you're doing when you're translating it from whatever into whatever. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm driving that way. And my wife, as she always does, she's got the the the, the phone with the internet, and she's on Google Maps because that's how we're getting around. And she suddenly goes, uh, something is happening with the Autobahn up ahead. <laughs> and I go, um, kind of important at 100 miles an hour that you tell me what that is. Because if you, if you don't know, if you didn't discuss this, the Autobahn is three lanes of terror. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we heard the about right, some of the terror. Yeah, the right <laughs> lane is, hey, that's how you get on. That's where the trucks are. That's where you stay. The middle lane is kind of like our left lane. It's where you're going when you're going fast enough, but you don't feel obligated to get your lazy self out of the lane when someone's coming from behind. Sure. But if you're in that left lane, you best be going. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. Yeah, and, and my son, bless him always, is sitting in the back seat going, Daddy, are we going in the left lane? Like, <laughs> not right now, son. Because... There's only two types of vehicles in my judgment on the Autobahn. They're either Mercedes Benzes capable of going 300 miles an hour or Soviet era farm tractors. <laughs> capable of going three miles an hour. Right. Yeah. Because where I am is East Germany. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. So I'm, I'm cruising along at, I'm serious, I'm going about 100. And if I'm going to get around somebody, I better really, really punch it. And so I'm getting there, and she goes, well, yeah, it's changing. And I thought, what do you mean? And finally, we see the signs coming at us. You ever, you ever try to read signs at 100 miles an hour? They are flying past you. <laughs> By the time they get big enough for you to read them, they're gone. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'm not talking about the big ones, because that they've thought about. The ones that are like, this way to Frankfurt. That's big. The little one that says detour. <laughs> Oops. So we are flying and it is a detour because they're fixing a 25 mile stretch of the Autobahn. But what do Germans do when they build a new section of the Autobahn? They close it. They close that section, but they build a temporary Autobahn. Wow. 25 miles of it's, it's narrower. It doesn't have all the incredible, beautiful lanes of concrete. But they built a temporary road to detour you on to connect you back to the section that they're eventually going to fix. Wow. They're going to tear it all up. Yeah. I'm going, what? Who? Okay, Germans do that. That's who. <laughs> wow. I was, I was amazed. I never had to slow down. You got a whole new, a, a brand new highway. So that they right. could fix the, the regular oh. one. Yeah. I went, you didn't even have to tell me about that. Are you kidding? I'm from America, where orange cone season is a regular part of life. I can see this exact situation happening in another country, but for a different reason than Germans do what the Germans do. Okay. I can see this happening in Canada, but as an apology, where they say, you know, hey, we're sorry we're going to have to close down this part of the road here, but we're going to give you this whole other road to take care of you. <laughs> we'll let you back yeah. onto the other road here when it's all fixed up for you. All right, then? We are so sorry. We are so sorry, eh? <laughs> hey, buddy. 
<laughs> no, the Germans come at it from the perspective of, yeah, we are building this road over here. Yeah, is it convenient? So we will build you a new one. Please do not be angry. And if you are angry, we will conquer you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm getting there. Okay, Give me okay. a second. Yeah. Because, um, so, so there's that. Number two, the way they take... This is I will not I will not make this as political as it is when I have other conversations. I'm a big transit guy. Okay, I like transit for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is I'm spoiled by Europe. Walk out of my house, go to bus, bus to train, train to place, train to bus, bus. And it just happens. Except for that whole Autobahn thing. (laughs) Well, right. But that's big city to big city. That's only every so often. What were you driving anyway? A Mercedes Benz? Uh Aha. Well, I will raise this issue. Is that all you can rent there? (laughs) In Germany, no, BMWs. Ah, yeah. It was was a Beamer uh, because they're made down in Munich. So, you know, it's kind of like being made in Chicago for me. Um, (laughs) But here's the thing with that. Germany right now, every car seems to be this station wagon that we got. It's a mini station wagon. And I don't see them here. The closest vehicle I could come to it is the Dodge that came out a couple of years ago that was supposed to be this super-powered station wagon. The mag- you're not Magnum. Really a, yes, it. You're yeah. not really just a dad. You're still a man with a car. That's right. We named it after a gun and and, uh, and the condom for guys with big junk. Yes. yes. Dodge it's, Magnum. Dodge Magnum. It's that. It looks like that. Now, because it was an Enterprise rent-a-car, it was... Uh, it was the downscale model without a lot of the bells and whistles. Yeah. But I was blown away how many of these I saw on the road. That was the typical vehicle, except if you were in the left lane, which, as I say, is filled with Mercedeses. And I got passed by a Maserati, and I thought that car was going to spin me around. I uh, I called them the whooshers because you could hear <laughs> them go past you before you saw them. It was, it was crazy. But, um, yeah, that was what I was driving. So, no, in town, though, so I'm in Berlin. And never let anybody ever, ever, ever tell you that the Germans thought that East Germany was okay. Everything about East Germany sucked rocks through a sock, okay? And when, when you were there, still. Yeah, well, the, the people there, what they're doing now is trying to bring East Germany back still. to a standard. <laughs> oh, yeah, 20 years later. 20 years later, they're trying. Checkpoint Charlie the spot where you would pass from West Germany to East Germany is now a tourist trap. It was bought by a group of near Easterners who now, when you go to checkpoint Charlie, they have a bunch of guys whose skin tone strongly suggests they are neither Soviet nor American soldiers, but they they're posed there in fake uniforms and you can take your picture with them as if you're passing through checkpoint Charlie, (laughs) like way to get capitalism guys. Love you to pieces. The uh, so you can you can get that their subway. They hated their subway in Berlin, the East German subway, so much. It was poor. The technology was weak. It was rotten. So what do the Germans do? Yeah, we will just now build another one. And they are ripping out the subway. I was sitting at Unter den Linden, which is the main street. It's, I was trying to think if we have a street like this in America. This central, right to the heart of the city. Probably the Miracle Mile in Chicago. Maybe Broadway in New York. But I couldn't think of many others. 
And this is their main street. And right down the center of it is just solid construction as they rebuild the flipping subway. Why? So, the other one was bad. So it's just a giant trench in the middle of the road? Well, it's underground, right? But you can tell that they're moving gear down all the way down there. It's They've got oh, it blocked okay, up okay. so they can move the gear underground. They've got holes every once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that pop out. And I remember when we were in Leipzig, we sort of by accident decided to try to get, we tried to cross the street by going through the underground train station. Holy cow, do they build big underground train stations. <laughs> These things are, I, I took pictures. They're gigantic. You're allowed to take pictures in the mass transit station? <laughs> I know, I know. Huh? Yeah, it's Germany. Please, we encourage you to try something. Um, but, but no, it's so they just they just ripped it out right in the middle of one of their most famous streets, the street that ends at the Brandenburg Gate. That's the street that stub ends on the other side at the Brandenburg Gate. So so that's that's what they're willing to do. And the third one, the third thing that made me think about it is I, the last museum we hit, because as you can imagine, I hit a lot of museums. The last museum I hit was the Deutsches, Hist the Deutsches Historisches Museum uh, right downtown, just German History Museum. I'm a Napoleonic guy. And uh, for those who don't know, Prussia in the Napoleonic Wars, 1806 period, gets its butt, gets its butt kicked. And then at 1815, the Prussians really win the Battle of Waterloo. It's their late arrival that saves the day, cracks Napoleon's army and all this. I did not know until I got to this museum, turned a corner, and saw they, after the Battle of Waterloo, Napoleon flees not in his carriage, but on horseback. They raided Napoleon's carriage, <laughs> and there on display is Napoleon's last bicorn hat. <laughs> his sword and his little foot pillow <laughs> Still embroidered with the Napoleonic N. I like you, dicks. <laughs> you just well, to the victor, uh -huh. I guess. <laughs> what I'm going, Billy? It's like that, is it? Huh? You took the man's foot pillow. <laughs> uh, where was the World War II armistice signed? <laughs> In a train oh, car. At the train car. I get it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Where the yes. previous war armistice was signed. <laughs> Just so, to yes. stick it in and break it off. <laughs> We've had this discussion. You are the proponent of tear down the, the statues and the flags in the South because you lost. True. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, I don't want there once a year to be a parade through, through Richmond with, oh, look at this flag. We took. Oh, they, look they, they won. They, they get to take the stuff. <laughs> That's how it works. It's kind of a dick move. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's the uh, what's the ninety seven thousand uh, dollar uh, tourism uh, campaign for Germany now? Come for the schnitzel, stay for the public works, and the spoils of war. <laughs> so, yeah, I... It's a long logo. It's a long slogan. <laughs> well, they get to use all of the fonts then. 
Oh, sure. Right. <laughs> and imagine that. Imagine. Well, actually, you know what they'll do is they'll come up with a word that's a long word, but it'll mean it that whole means thing. That like Farfagnugan. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just look up the German word for its social security system. I believe it's still the longest proper noun in any language. Um, <laughs> but it's Germans and their flipping compounds. But yeah, try learning that stuff when you're a 13 year old kid in high school. What? Where's the break in this word? How the, easily um, does the New Testament translate into those compounds? Oh my, well, you know, I, I I sought not to park there because I certainly could, but I will only say, can you can you imagine? I mean, look, Luther's an Augustinian canon, right? He's a priest. And the importance you place on every one of those words. I mean, there are whole books written just about the Our Father, where they study it and break it apart and really analyze it. And here you are, some guy alone in a castle, presuming to bring these things over, where you correctly say, we certainly hope there's an equal word for it, that there's a there's an equivalent word. But I, I've never really made a study of how many words he had to come up with, just because there was not a particularly good companion word to it in German. So yeah. <laughs> but no, I, uh, and it, now when you go to the imperial period of Germany, there's a lot of stuff missing just because of, you know, bombing and all that after World War II. But the, the, the museum that just blew my mind was the one in which, and, and the main piece, the altar piece that is there is, is under construction until 2018. They're building a new display. But they also had the market gate from one of the towns of Asia Minor. And I had heard it was there, I, and I wanted to see it, and I was on the museum, and so the museum island, and I wanted to see this thing. It didn't click with me until I was in front of it. They actually brought a three-story market gate back from Asia Minor and rebuilt it. <laughs> just so they could all look at it. And I went, what is the impulse behind this? It's gigantic. It's an indoor gigantic market gate. And they've got the little display that says, this was this part and you can walk through it. And I'm standing in front of it, literally in awe, not merely of the Roman civilization that we, you know, we all know this. We, all, we only tend to see Rome in terms of its ruins. Yep. It's very, very strange to see it all put back together and realize, Oh my God, this thing is huge. Was it? And this was just painted up too. No, 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 no. And that, well, that's interesting too because I had that conversation with one of the guides. I made the con. I made the comment that why don't you paint it? And the decision was made not to because they wouldn't know how. Ah. You know what the the proper scheme would be. But yeah, wouldn't that have been spectacular to see it as garish as it would have been? But you know those impulses are just amazing to me. Um. But yeah, no, I I had an amazing time, but the Germans are absolutely who we thought they were. <laughs> I uh, they have they have impulses and they have desires to build, and they are they are investing, they are building, they are doing crazy levels of transit. I mean, Leipzig, one of the cities we stayed in, Leipzig is actually a hundred thousand people smaller than than Milwaukee. They're at five hundred grand, and they have a train system a tram system, and a bus system. And I'm going, well, I want that. <laughs> I want nice things. But then this is, this is probably one of the capstones of my trip. I'm walking with Edward and Michelle through downtown Leipzig, such as it is. 
and we get to the Tomas Kirka. Now, the Tomas Kirka is where Bach performs many. He, he's the choir master there for many years. And he performs some of his most famous cantatas there for the first time. And it's very well known. And it's a beautiful summer day. We had spectacular weather. And I see this crowd of, you know, 200 people or so, 300. And I finally say to someone, you know, what's going on? And say, oh, we're getting ready for the free Bach concert. And I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean in this city with this bar? There's actually cafes all around this thing, right? I can go sit at this place and have beer and you will play Bach music for me a hundred feet away and I can sit and listen to it for free. What the actual hell? I want this. <laughs> In fact, I think I'm going to have to insist. I'm going to make pouty faces until I get it. And then we get up from listening to the Bach concert. We walk to the main square in Leipzig and the whole main square is blocked off for another classical music concert. <laughs> That's oh. the square's packed. And they oh, and here we're going to do some, here we're going to do a little bit of Chopin, and here we're going to do a little Bach, and then all around the place are places where I can buy food and booze. <laughs> I, I, what? What? We live in a sewer. <laughs> I live in a sewer. I'm in a sewer. There's a clown threatening to bring little Billy down here. What the, oh, I was so mad. I was so disappointed in my home country, really. Because I don't know of any place, maybe, I don't know, where you could do something as wonderful and as lovely as this. It was just, and yeah, so no, it was, it was, it was great. And I loved it and we'll be going back. Come to Germany where we try to kill you with our culture. And if you don't like it, we might actually kill you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, okay. And let, let's, let's, let's tear open the big scab, how well they deal with this. Uh, we we in this country, we've talked about it, the Confederates and the whole thing. We're having a big fight about that. Um, oh, by the way, uh, this is I'm going to keep this really short. Um, they I read they have newspapers there still a lot of them. And I was reading them while I was over there. This whole president of the United States thing, their clear attitude, clear America. We love you. You are a beautiful country and an ally. You are drunk. <laughs> Please call us in two and a half years and we will get together again. We love you. Please sleep. Um, <laughs> and, and so that was it. That was really all the attitude I got. They didn't cover any of it. They didn't cover any of the protests. They didn't cover any of this. So I went because I was in Berlin and I wanted to see it. I wanted to go see the Fuhrer bunker. I knew it was there. And the Germans, they don't hide it. They put a marker by it. It's now a car park. <laughs> it is under a condominium. <laughs> built and i took a picture of the audi that is parked on top of it the entrance wow it's it's underneath the parking garage underneath a condo underneath someone's audi yeah that's awesome <laughs> but there's a plaque kind of a dick. Yeah. Oh, no. kind of, you, kind of a dick you, move <laughs> if you want to know where it was here it is this is where it was and then Turn around and walk back to the Brandenburg Gate. And what do you find? Their five-acre monument to the exterminated Jews of Europe. And I've been at a lot of churches, and I love churches. This was one of the most spiritual places I've ever been. And these guys, I'm convinced, and I thought of you guys actually when I was there, uh, this was built by architects. I have no doubt of it in my mind. Because it starts out, all it is, is a five-acre space 
with a series of large concrete pillars. They're squares, though. They start out at roughly knee level. So you can sit on them. You can look at them. But as you wander into the space, they suddenly get taller as the ground gives away underneath them to the point that they're eventually 10 feet to 12 feet tall. And suddenly you're in this forest of these closely built columns. It's cold because the sun doesn't get down there. There, There's these incredible moments as you're standing in it. You watch people walk back and forth through the rows and, and, and of the columns and they appear and they vanish. Yeah, you just get glimpses. Of humans just dashing this way and that way. And everybody, I don't care if it was an 80-year-old person or a school group that was visiting, by the time they're down in there, they are silent and just slowly walking through this thing. And it's just, it's profound. It's, uh, it's an amazing piece of work. And the Germans, and the word I've come up, phrase I've come up with is curated memory. And you find curated memory throughout Germany. They're very deliberate about it. They're not they're not effusive. They're Germans. They can't be. Um, they're they're very deliberate, and I respect that so much. When we were walking at one point in Leipzig, we just came upon an open square that had, I think it's 118 chairs, just set up in rows, just chairs, and you see them. You know what the hell? And I walked up, and it's the uh, it was the synagogue in Leipzig that was torn down at the expense of the congregation at the order of the Nazis in 1939. And every place it is, they just say, yeah, we did that. And let's never do that again, because that's that was an evil of the first order. Um, so yeah, right outside the Fuhrer bunker, it's like, yeah, good. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are people that go there and have their regrets, but then you turn around and you're like, yeah, that's what happened. That happened. And we've built it into these giant concrete pillars on this five acre site, just in case any of you morons think it didn't, you know, it's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're copping to that. It's pretty cool. Okay. Now I, I really want to go to Germany. I mean, I've always wanted to go for the food, but next week, Nerdburger from Germany. <laughs> really? No. Well, and here's the, well, I was, I was told I was in Thuringia. That's where all my battlefields were. The only place I could get a good Thuringia first was in the Leipzig train station. So if you're ever down in that area, there's a station, a little stand right there, two and a half bucks. Oh my God, awesome! Yeah. So no, it's uh, it it's it. There's so many memories, and uh, and Berlin is Berlin is crazy. It's all uphill. We know that. Uh, we uh, one rather fascinating memorial that we found right outside the Brandenburg Gate. We were walking away from the Brandenburg Gate, not into the center of town, but away from it, uh, towards the Victory Column. And I noticed this brass thing embedded into the concrete. So it's not up, it's flat. And I turned around and I looked down and it's an image of Ronald Reagan. Okay. And it says, Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It's an actual monument to Ronald Reagan in that speech. I was, I was blown away. And it's, it, uh, that, like I say, curated memory. And then as you go down that same street, you get to the Soviet monument to their World War II dead, uh, which is huge. It's covered with tanks and all this other cool military ephemera. But it's interesting because this, this site was very controversial during its lifetime. 
Because as you might imagine, the East Germans weren't always nuts about the Soviets. <laughs> and and it became a problem in the, that monument whenever the Soviet government would come down and attempt to give a speech honoring their war dead. There are articles right there at the museum about how some of the German activists would take sniping shots at the old Soviet generals speaking. You know, they had actual snipers. Hmm. Um, and, and so, but now the German government has agreed to take over its upkeep in memory of the war. Um, and the really crazy thing is what they've done with the wall. The wall is almost entirely gone. Uh, it's being sold off in little chunks to tourists. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a, there's a shop. There is a shop at Checkpoint Charlie. Indoors, if you go into the gift shop, there's a dude working in back, and he's got all the big concrete panels. He's got like five of them, and he shows it. He's chipping them one by one, putting them into boxes, so you know this is an authentic piece of the wall. It's not just part of the Autobahn that they were tearing up. <laughs> yeah, that they were tearing up. <laughs> but no, they uh, they have they have these these uh, interactive columns all over town that you can push play on, and it will tell you in various languages that, oh yeah, the wall here ran from this point to this point, and here's what happened at this spot. It's very interactive history stuff. It's great. But I got to one spot, not far from Checkpoint Charlie again, where they have a comic strip set up that tells the story of the family, father, son, child, who ziplined over the wall in 1964. <laughs> he was a worker in that building, and he took, he figured it all out. He took socks, and he put extra padding in them, and he made them for his kids so they could walk on the roof quietly. He had then taken a hammer, tied it to a cord, threw the hammer over the wall where friends were waiting to nail it into the ground. <laughs> and and you can still I actually took a movie that I've been meaning to post on my Facebook page. I took a movie of the spot from which he ziplined all the way over the wall. His sent his son first, sent his wife second, and then he had a hard time getting onto the zip line. So he had to shimmy down much of the roof painful crawl by crawl till he got to the lip and let gravity take the rest. But they zipped over and got out. The only thing he dropped was his briefcase full of identifying documents. So they immediately knew who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, Gunther, you are very disappointed. <laughs> but yeah. Shaysa, 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 shaysa. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The only reason he didn't get killed was that the Germans who were guarding the poor on post that night thought it was some sort of weird exercise. <laughs> they, thought there was, they thought there was no way there'd be somebody on a zip line. It was it was inconceivable. So yeah, wow. and we're back to Tetzel. Yep, back, <laughs> full circle. Full circle, driven around back to Tetzel. I think that uh, I think that'll bring us around for the show. I I brought a Sammy Peeps thing. I was hoping to find something for Guy Fox Day in sixteen in sixteen sixty. I didn't. I think I found something better. Sammy gets a wig. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Stylish. By and by, oh, by the way, this is November 3rd, Samuel Pepys' diary. By and by comes Chapman, the periwig maker. And upon my liking it, without more ado, I went up, and there he cut off my hair, which went a little to my heart at present to part with it. But it being over and my periwig gone, I paid him three pounds for it, and away went he 
with my own hair to make up another. And I, by and by, and it called all my maids to look upon it, and they concluded it become me. Though Jane, remember Jane? Though Jane was mightily troubled for my parting with my own hair, and so was Bess. I went abroad to the coffee house. The next day, I'm skipping ahead now to, sorry, uh, five days later, November 8th, Sam goes to church. He's going to church, folks. Upon it being late, to church without my wife, and there I saw Pembleton come into the church and bringing his wife with him, a good, comely, plain woman. And by and by, my wife came after me all alone, which I was a little vexed at. I found that by, com by coming in my periwig did not prove so strange as it, as it would as I had feared it would. For I thought that all the church would presently have cast eyes all upon me, but I found no such thing. <laughs> he was afraid people are going to look at him funny. Yep. It's, <laughs> it, I love this diary so much for things like that. First of it's all, a normal, a, just a human fear. People are going to judge me. I'm going to have. First of all, he has all his hair cut off. Yeah, you had to do when you had your periwig done, and so he's scared to death. I'm bald. I'm bald. Oh God, I'm bald. <laughs> Which was not a thing you liked back then. Michael Jordan hadn't been born yet. <laughs> And and then and then he has his wig. What is the first thing he does with the wig? He shows it to the only ladies who aren't his wife. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> he shows it to them because he wants to know. Hey, so what do you think? How's, and, how's it going, ladies? Dig the wig. <laughs> like it, Sammy? Sammy, my profiling. Um, and then of course Jane. Jane, of course, is the maid for those who've been following along Sammy's story. That's the one that he eventually, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and that's her. So she, she didn't like it. She, I read that as Jane looking to make him happy. Oh, I loved your hair the way it was. <laughs> it's what you should have kept it. I think she lied to him. Is my point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. She the the wig. So then, what does he do? He decides I'm going to church by myself. And what's the thing he talks about at church? What's the thing he wants to talk about? He meets Pemberton. What does he talk to Pemberton about? His wife. She's a she's, she's okay. I give her a six. But then he gets. <laughs> but then he gets. What's he? You're in church, dude. You are talking to this. You are talking about this man. You just have been a bit of a Harvey Weinstein of his own time. But he usually kept it to himself. <laughs> and then finally, his wife arrives. He's upset. She's here because he's gonna. She. What's she gonna do? Harsh is mellow. <laughs> he can't keep his boots on. But the main thing he observes is, oh, no, nobody said anything about my wig. Sweet. <laughs> See? It's all cool. So our guy, Sammy Peaks, wearing, <laughs> wearing the wig right around Lord's Day, November 8th. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. <laughs> oh, always a pleasure, guys. <clears throat> Sam misses you. Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com, and nerdburgergames.com for game stuff, and drivethroughrpg.com to buy game stuff from me. Yay! 
On the next episode of Nerdburger, we introduce the all-new Sriracha Mike and Bread and Butter Craig separately. Then we mix them in the podcast because we want to, and that's how you deal with effing Sriracha. It doesn't need to be built and baked into everything. You can just put it in on the things that you want it on in the quantity that you want, and you don't have to be a slave to the way some Sriracha master thinks you should enjoy Sriracha because those people think you're an idiot who can't be trusted with a bottle of Sriracha. If you buy Sriracha this and Sriracha that, you are proving them right. 